With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We sat down with Maurice Linguist, head coach of the University of Buffalo at the New York State High School Football Coaches Association Clinic and talked about leadership. In becoming the new head coach at Buffalo, Coach Linguist was tasked with taking over a program with 100 days until kickoff. It was the latest coaching change in the history of major college football. He talked about what they focused on and how they met challenges presented by today's football landscape. We discussed mindset, relationships, leadership, accountability, and more, and we gained insight into how to successfully lead a program. Whether you are a head coach or a position coach, there are plenty of takeaways in this conversation. Links to a segment of his talk from the 2022 clinic, as well as to full presentations from 2022 and 2023 are linked in the show notes as well. Here's my sit down with Coach Maurice Linguist. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512 514-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. Well, I'm honored to be sitting down at the New York State High School Football Coaches Association Clinic with Maurice Linguist, the head football coach at Buffalo. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Keith, it's an honor to be here with you. Love talking briefly just off, off air, just on your background a little bit and, and the genesis of, uh, of your podcast. And, and congratulations on all the success that you're thank having, you. how much it's building and growing and all the downloads. And it's remarkable what you've been able to do so far as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Well, Coach, we're, we're going to get right into it today. And, you know, you've had success in, in, in year one. And the landscape, though, of what that used to mean has changed so drastically. And I knew 
you know, the guys who were there before you really well. Uh, I had a former a player of mine who was on the, the coaching staff as the running backs coach. I knew Andy uh, pretty well and, and uh, saw what they did. But, you know, it's, it used to be where you walked into a program that had success, you know, you could expect to, to build on that. And the landscape of everything today, the transfer portal and all the different things that have come about have really changed that. That doesn't matter where you go, if you are in year one, you're rebuilding a program. You're re- rebuilding a roster. You mentioned to me, like, even, you know, you had one scholarship defensive tackle when you came in. This, is, this takes a whole new approach and really uh, skill set mindset of the head coach to we've got to come in and not say, hey, there was a lot of success, we're going to build on it. We have to start what we're going to do here, and it's going to be our own. Well, I think if you look at the landscape of college football right now and what the, the rules have allowed you know, every college program to do, um, there's just a lot of fluidity. Yes. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of transition. Our situation was no different. Phenomenal job of some really good accomplishments uh, of what the program was able to do when I took the job. Uh, but there were some real factors and barriers in place when we walked in the door. Never before in the history of college football had a Division One head coach been hired, you know, 100 days right. before season The latest started. ever. The latest ever, yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, we take over. It's, I think it's uh, middle of May when we're in there and it's like most things you want to first try to do as much evaluation as possible before you can make decisions but I would probably consider myself a pretty meticulous person but also understanding that you know you look up and 100 days turns into 95 and 95 turns into 85 and it's like well well, you can go as slow as you want coach but you know this game's coming you better you better get ready to play so I mean we hired over uh, right around 40 individuals in the first 60 days we had, to, we had to assemble a roster just because of the, the portal and exits that had taken place before I had even taken the job. And, you know, you have this countdown and you got kind of this big game coming up and you got to get ready to go. You know, yeah. and, and the reality of we all love this kind of mindset in kind of sports. You know, no, nobody, you know, I can give you a million excuses. It's all about getting it done and figuring out sure. how, to, how to make it happen. So, you know, my, our mindset is always kind of how do we begin with the end in mind? and then kind of reverse engineer it. So what realistically could we get done in the over June and July to get ourselves best prepared to go have as, as much as a successful season as we could with the parameters that were in place? And it was kind of on your mark and set go. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at that, you're going to have to get really focused right away. So what, what do you feel like, looking back on that now, were some of the keys for you guys to really – get that established and get to where you need to be so quickly. Yeah. You know, one thing I really learned from my mom, who was just outside of toughness and mindset and just kind of having a get-after-it attitude is, you know, as much as I was in the football business, you know, really I'm in the people business. And I just people first and just trying to find and identify the right people. I don't, you know, really care what their job responsibilities are. Obviously, you need a lot of people to do a lot of different things to come together and to have your program run very, very well. So we're trying to identify a certain type of person and certain types of people. And I think that's where we really started, where where really I started. Yeah, I need a skill set. I need somebody that can do A, B, and C. But, you know, who are you as an individual? Why do you do what you do? I think so many times we meet somebody and it's like the first question is, hey, what do you do for a living? It's almost the more more appropriate question is, you know, who are you? Right. 
Yeah. You know, who are you? You know, what are you about? And just trying to find as many people that are we feel like are wired the right way and get them all in the building and, and then obviously with a, with a specific plan for how they're going to operate and what their role is going to be. And then we treat recruiting the same way. Mm-hmm. Just trying to find, identify those, those young student athletes that we feel like fit who we are and then coach them up and teach them and get them going. Right, right. And I, I think that part is even more critical today, right, with, with the ability that somebody has to, to jump in the portal to have that guy who fits in that way, right? This is, this is a guy like who we are, right? Making sure you find those things because it's, it's way more than, you know, the guy has this physical skill set. Now it's, you want that guy right. to be there. You want right. him to, to feel connected to you. Building those relationships obviously is, is where that starts. Yeah, it's all, they're so critical. Just relationships, what is relationships? It's time. It's time and care over long periods of time. Right. You know, and it's sitting down with guys. Right now we do something in our program. I, I sit down with every one of our student athletes. I block out about an hour of my day every day, Monday through Friday. And uh, we sit down and we just have tons of one-on-ones. Every position coach obviously is going to sit down with their, with their guys. Coordinators are going to sit down with all their guys. We do a lot of crossover meetings as well. Uh-huh. You know, and just try to have as much mix as possible in our program where – you know, uh, so at some point this spring, our our offensive coordinator uh, DJ Mangus is going to take all take out all the defensive backs to eat. Yeah. You know, our O line coach is going to take out the D line D line D linemen to eat, and just try to establish and build as many meaningful, impactful, intentional relationships as possible. You know, sometimes that can kind of the word relationships can kind of have maybe some type of ambiguous connotations but you know we're going to care about you and love you without enabling you and without compromising who we are and what we believe yeah and we're very intentional about it because we know how important they are to really for us to accomplish our mission for us to be successful and and we feel like that's been a really strength for us yeah i think think that's a really smart approach again in you know just the landscape of today's game and in college football to make sure those connections are just beyond that position coach and oh, coordinator because yeah. uh, you know those things change too guys get opportunities it may happen in you know Listen, in, in, we, in the middle of something important 100 percent. you got to have the those guys need to feel other parts of that connection too well we told our our staff uh, you know february is a dead period in recruiting for you know for for high school and junior college student athletes so you know no one can be on your campus or off campus but you know, it's a contact period for our roster. Right. You know, February February is a contact period for us in our locker room. We're recruiting our players. We're recruiting the most important guys on, on our campus. For for me, are the guys in those in that locker room. And we're gonna carve out time. We're gonna spend the time. We're gonna we're gonna do neat and cool things together. And then we're gonna lay out our vision and our expectations, our standards, and help everybody understand why we do what we do and set the discipline and the accountability that we need. But ultimately, you know, who cares how much football I know? Who cares? how smart you think you may be but if you can't communicate and connect right now you'll fail as a leader you'll fail and I think that's why it's so critical that uh, you know everybody communicates how do we connect how do we really connect and and then if if we are able to do those things over long periods of time that's going to allow us to have sustainable success yeah In, in the leadership in your program you look at again how things have changed growing up in my era it was definitely uh you know, command and control, right? It was like <laughs> you and I, do Bobby, it because listen. I said it. <laughs> Don't ask why. Like that was different. T- today, I mean, there's very few guys who can succeed at, at, at command and control. That it is still a collaboration, and that you need 
that player-driven culture. You need that player-driven leadership. At some point, you got to turn it over to them anyway because they yeah. step out on the field, not you. Well, and I think that's something that Coach Fleck taught me over at Minnesota when we were together. And, I, and it's something I really believe is really true. He, he would say it all the time. You know, bad teams, no one leads. On average teams, the coaches do all the leading. And really on championship teams, it's player-driven. It's player-led. I think you have to right now, we spend a lot of time in leadership development and leadership training with our guys. A lot of guys have the ability to do it, um, but how are we going to bring those guys along and foster that environment that allows them to lead? So we do a lot of small group meetings in, in our program right now. Throughout the week, we schedule out small group meetings, uh, seniors or a uh, small group of just freshmen only, to just talk about where they are in their journey, how we can develop those guys from a leadership standpoint. If I believe that championship teams are really led by ultimately they're player driven and player led well then the question I have to ask is how am I going to foster that environment to right. teach them that right so we feel like that 365 days a year we have a, a, a leadership training course in our program that some way somehow we're going to show examples give demonstrations have meetings have conversations and they're really centered around leadership yeah. and I think it's really probably one of I feel like it's been one of the main factors of really moving the needle when you start having people in your program speak a certain way, talk about things in a very common language, start to really understand why it's important to do do things in a certain manner, and then have that accountability in that locker room. Yeah, so in, in looking at that aspect of it, it is a, a process. What things do you feel are, are key to nudging those guys along too? start to feel more and more comfortable yeah. to be able to step up, to have that vocal leadership. I mean, to me, I heard someone say it, uh, I think it was on my, my podcast or and maybe it was something I was leading to that, you know, leadership by example just means that you're doing your job that you were asked to do. You need more than that. You yeah. need guys to be able to not just say, oh, well, I do my thing, to right. be able to see what other someone else is doing, help lift them up, correct them, whatever it might be. So what things do you guys do in that process to move them along? Yeah, I think the first question we ask is, you know, why do we lead? Why is it important? What's the purpose of it? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not important, why are we doing it? You know, and then we, we start with that kind of discussion. And then we, we talk about what is leadership, all right? And then... The first thing I think you have to decide is what type of leader do you want to be? Right? What do you what type of leader do you want to be? I mean, and guess what? It's an option. You don't have to lead. But then also also understand when you'd make that decision not to lead, what does that mean? And what does it look like? Cuz you can't have one without the other. You can't say you want to win at an extremely high level, but I do not feel that leadership is important because I think those two things go hand in hand. So we talk about it in that manner. We show examples, and we talk about, you know, leadership we feel like has two parts to it, the leader and the receiver. And what does that look like? The leader, I think, ultimately caring enough and, and really being mentally tough enough to do or say what needs to be done or said in the moment. Uh, not being passive, not doing it after the fact, or not getting in a small group and saying what could have done, we could have done better. I mean, in the moment, can you address things in the moment? And that can come out and look a number of different ways. That gets into a little bit of the trust and the relationships aspect of things. But ultimately, there's a hard line stance of action or behavior or something that was done that we feel like is going to take us further away from our goals. Right. And then ultimately, what are we going to do in that moment about that action? 
And I think the other piece of it is the receiver. Uh, do you care enough? Are you really humble enough? Can you really receive the information in the way it needs to be received to immediately do the next right thing in the moment? Yeah. And I think ultimately that's, what, that's the objective and that's really what we're looking for. You know, we're people. People are not robots. We're going to make mistakes. So then when those mistakes are made, what kind of accountability is there? Is there ownership in the mistake? And then ultimately, do we care enough about what we're doing to address what needs to be addressed in the moment? Yeah, the, the accountability part is an interesting piece. And when, when you talk to anybody about accountability, whether that's, you know, in a classroom, in a business, whatever, it kind of pe- people get, you know, a little bit anxious about accountability and what does that mean? So and it's taken on a negative connotation, I think, in a lot of ways. So for you, how do you do accountability right? How do you make it meaningful and not, you know, punishment? Yeah. My hope is is that I can stand in front of the team and take 100% ownership when things go in a direction I don't want them to go. If I say or do something that I shouldn't have said or done or if a mistake was made. The goal is not perfection, mm-hmm. right? The objective is is that we have the right intent to work towards the same goals together. And then when we get off track or when a mistake is made, am I humble enough to take ownership in what just happened? I think the big barrier from accountability is that you, you kind of have to put your ego to the side. It's hard to kind of – can't get the big hit. Right. <laughs> it's kind of how do I take a, accountability and ownership? And I think that's what the essence of what it looks like. I think when you can stand in front of your team and, and say, you know, hey, guys, I was off here. I messed this up. I mean, I think that builds trust. Mm-hmm. Man, it's something cool can be created when that is allowed to happen. Because the opposite of it is, is you know, kind of pointing the fingers. You know, I think when I was, at, when I was in the NFL with the Cowboys, we, we, would have, we would be at the combine and, you know, you have these formal interviews. And you would have, you know, guys come in, and these are big-time players. I mean, they're all accomplished. They're all, they're all successful. If you're at the combine, you're extremely successful. Yeah. I mean, everybody's in the room now. I mean, you, every, everybody who you think is everybody is in that room from an, you know, from an administration, executive standpoint, coaches, scouts, everyone's in the room. And we would get these guys, you know, potential first-rounder, second-rounder, third-rounder, maybe fifth-rounder, whatever they may be in the room, and we'd watch their film. We'd start watching film with them. Let's start, let's start talking some ball. I mean, you'd see a guy, I mean, performing at an extremely high level, and then we'd have that conversation about, you know, all those good plays on tape, and then let's show a string of some of these plays where, where you're not doing so well. How are you responding when that, those plays come up? And I think a lot of times you would see, I mean, it would get me excited when you saw the guy that was like, hey, you know, Coach, I messed that up. Mm-hmm. You know, coach, you know what? You know, I was off on that. I messed the check up, you know, but I quickly corrected it and I got it right next time. I mean, that gave me so much confidence in the guy. I just felt so great about, I guess, the substance and at the core of who I thought he was because you got to have some confidence in yourself to be able to talk about things that are maybe viewed as negative in a very neutral way. Right. right. In a very non confrontational way. And I think that's something that I realized that was like, I mean, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. He's got it. He sees it. He understands it. Right. And it, it always kind of stood my hair up, and it triggered me to say, you know, that's what it looks like. And then even as a leader in my own program, wanting to do that, wanting to be that. And the hope is that I allow everyone else to operate that way as well when they see me as a head coach doing that. Yeah, i got to ask you because I think you know, that way of, of, of watching film certainly brings out a lot. Is that something that's 
translated into you know what you do with, with recruits in film or translated to you know the, the position meeting rooms in, in your program? Yeah, we watch a lot of film as an entire program. A lot. Day after the game, getting ready for games. One, I'm setting the plan for when, I'm setting the vision, I'm setting the objectives, I'm setting, you know, here's what we need to do to go get this with W. Because every game plan has a little bit slightly different approach. You know, methods can be kind of different, but your principles are set in stone. So what are the different methods we need to use in the approach for this week's opponent? But we are going to watch, you know, the highlights and maybe, so to speak, some of the not-so-good stuff together as a team because I want to publicly praise the guys that are doing it the right way. And I also want to give guys the opportunity to take ownership for things on film in the moment when they don't occur the way that we would would have wanted them to occur. And then it also gives our coaching staff an opportunity to coach in a very public manner. It gives me a chance to communicate a vision and a message to the entire team. Now, obviously, we get into our small groups. We go outside of the ball. We'll go offense, defense, special teams. We'll get into our position meetings, obviously. But we'll spend time together as an entire unit watching things and talking through things and just kind of having that out in the open, everybody's in one room kind of conversations. And uh, we feel like it's been it's been a benefit benefit for us. Uh, I could definitely see how it would be. I mean, you know, uh, a, a big buzzword I talk with coaches all the time about complementary football. Right now, you have all three phases sitting in that room together, owning it, good and the bad. I so think it's huge. You hit it right on the head to me. I mean, Keith, it's complementary football. And so, if everyone can hear that same plan and that vision to win. And we can see how the defense affects the offense, the offense affects the defense, how special teams affects all the units, from the field position battle to the sequencing of plays to, hey, are we going to be an aggressive fourth down team this week? Or are we going to be, you know, it just it sets a vision. It, it sets a mindset and a tone for those 100 guys, whatever you may have in the, in the, in the locker room of, okay, guys, the, this is what us as a team, what we have to do to go win. And then we get down, and then we'll – scale it back into everybody's specific job responsibilities sure. in terms of what they have to do. But if, if you're on in that room or if you're on the sideline, you have a job to do. Yeah, You got a job to do for us to be successful. Nobody's a, a spectator uh, from the guy that's maybe the 100th guy on the roster. That's that, What's your job on game day? What are you going to do to bring to the table to help support this team to win? And we talk about all those things in those meetings. Yeah, yeah. Now, in, in those meetings, just – procedurally is is that the whole game are you guys picking certain points of it what is I guess yeah. time frame of that meeting and, yeah, and so how you fit it in we have a systematic approach in terms of how we get from a new opponent all the way up until the foot hits the ball and to kick off in terms of how we prepare all the way through and then we just um, we kind of reverse engineer it we we talk through you know this from a schematic aspect first and second down normal sequence of the game and we start laying out that vision for what that, that first and second down needs to look like for us we talk through personnel together as an entire group we talk through offense defense and st um, and we'll get into specifics of situational football we'll talk about play style we'll talk about identity we'll talk about all these number of things that we feel like are important to us to go be successful and win games and then we get into you know the ball you know we spend a lot of time with the ball and you know the turnover factor is a big big factor into who ultimately wins football games so we lay it out in a number of different ways we use examples of other teams all over the place all around the nation and take different neat situations that maybe occurred from different conferences and just kind of talk about them in our group meetings but we're just kind of laying out that vision you know what's the vision and and, and then how are we going to get there yeah yeah no I think that's a tremendous approach especially looking like you said those other situations you can learn from oh yeah Uh, 
I mean, you just think of some of the games you've watched in the last few weeks. Like, they're all never they thought all, to teach that, but I'm going to teach it now. You better be keeping a checklist with you, man. I got all my notes on my phone, man. I'm just like, there's the information's all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it's really, man. It's just, you look up, and I mean, heck, at nine seconds, you know, first and 10 on the nine yard line. I mean, first, excuse me, first and goal on the nine yard line. Okay, what are you doing? What are you going to? Offensively, what are you going to? Defensively, what are you going to? You know, 13 seconds left, ball on the 50 second down. You need a field goal. What are you going to? I mean, you know, the game is a sequence of plays, but the game really comes down to a sequence of situations. Absolutely. Right? Situation after situation after situation. And then you have to have a specific call to go to for a specific situation that your players have to be prepared to go to and immediately execute. I mean, this is two plus two is four. This is no hesitation. I know that I know that I know, and I can execute it in the moment. And if you don't train and talk through them in a certain manner and way, you know, you want to just be as prepared as humanly possible. Yeah. Well, Coach, you've shared just a tremendous amount of information and insight into uh, what you do and how you're running your program. And you know, when you look at all the things you do and say, you know, this is this is me as a coach, but here's this one thing. Really, if I was to say I'm going to pin it on this, this is the one thing I do that really gives my guys the winning edge. What What is that? What comes to mind for you? I just try to love them. I think um... – the purpose of me being a coach and why I'm here and what I do, uh, God has me in this position. And um, I want to be a great steward for what where God has me and what I'm doing and, and my overall vision and purpose. And, and I think God has called me to do this and, 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 and give me a passion for it. And if I do anything, I want to I love them. I want to I teach them, coach them, educate them, care for them, uh, build them up. Uh, lead them in the right direction and see if, see if we can do that on a consistent basis and challenge them. Yeah. Challenge them. And for me, from a personal journey, it all stems from uh, you know, my mom, how my mom raised me and, and knowing what football did for me in my own life. And, and you know, I'm standing in front, we're, we're talking right now because of football. Right. You know, how powerful and how impactful that, that little that little ball is. Yeah. You know, and, and, and how it can bring people together and how it can change lives. And uh, I think I think it's just a neat and cool thing that we're able to do. Yeah, well, again, I really appreciate you taking the time. It was great to meet you here, sit down with you here. Thank you for all you shared, and I'm sure it's going to help our listeners out there. Yeah, Keith, much continued success. Love this platform that you have. Hopefully somebody got benefited from something through our conversation and, and uh, wish you nothing but the absolute best moving forward. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Remember to check the show notes for links to other presentations with Coach Linguist from the New York State High School Football Coaches Association Clinic. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.